a great Australian sprinter, nature's type, and Dave McDonald, and look how far they've won by. Can he do it? Chautauqua, he's flying! The autumn sun, boy, you'll have to be good to win from there. Artorias pounces, bombs them, and wins! McIvy Divas Stakes Day this weekend at Flemington, which is the first Group 1 of the Spring Carnival at Flemington for this year. So all eyes are down at Flemington. We've got a pretty good card up at Randwick as well this weekend. A couple of group races up there and a couple of future races to look out to. And it's the inaugural running of the Seven Stakes, I believe, a new million-dollar race that Peter Valani is just splurging more money on. So why not chuck him another million dollars in a random race? So uh, those are the two main races, the two main racetracks we'll be covering this weekend. Bit of other news throughout the week of horse racing. Hong Kong racing's back. I honestly didn't even realise it was back until Saturday morning. When I, I when I was looking at the tips for Saturday, I seen people posting their tips for Shatin on Sunday. I was like, what the fuck? I thought it was back already. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, right? And then yeah, it turned out Hong Kong was back. And the uh, one of their boom sprinters over there is one of the highest rated sprinters in the world. Lucky Sway and S opened at a dollar seven. Drifted to a dollar twenty-two at the jump, and the per- Zach Purton is—he's always—he always rides it, and he was a bit cautious of it. He said, "Oh, it's going to be a wet track. He's got—he had to carry like sixty-one kilos compared to everything else in the race. Was carrying fifty-two and so, and Zach was like, oh, be wary. Like I wouldn't dive. Like he—he he could win, but I definitely couldn't tell you to bet on it. And I think it comes second by about eight lengths. So. Right. Yeah, went under a pretty short odds, and people were still backing it. Like I couldn't. I think I seen on the day like. People were like we've taken a bet of sixty-seven thousand dollars at like a dollar ten for like like people were people were still backing it and yeah they ended up with their jaw on the floor unfortunately so uh, condolences to those Shatin backers but yeah Lucky Swain that's got rolled a pretty pretty wing sods on the weekend and some other news for uh, some of the Everest things Imperatrice from the weekend who's just come out and defeated the reigning champ Giga Kick. Uh, they've actually knocked back offers. They have been offered slots in the race, and TRK have just gone nut. Wow, a twenty second richest race in the entire world, and they are just gone nut. Don't want to do it. We've had a Melbourne. They've they're sticking to their Melbourne plan. There's they've the whole prep has been targeted for this Melbourne Spring campaign, and they're sticking to it. One of the reps from TRK have come out on the radio and said they've been offered, but none of the deals that they've been presented have been good enough really because it's it's all it's all a big slot holder race and everybody all the slot holders get to pick their horse and co so i don't know how the actual financials of the work of it work but i'm assuming that the slot holder will get a certain percentage of the total prize and the horse and the trainer and will get another certain like the slot owners will provide the percentage so i I just assume that they haven't given them a good enough percentage so but I can't believe, I, as soon as he won the race, as soon as Imperators won the race, I was like, oh, yep, yeah, he's going to Everest, no worries. He'll, he'll be locked in there straight away. But yeah, they've just gone, nah, don't want to, don't want to borrow it at the moment. I think they're still, if they get a better offer, they probably will. I can't imagine them not taking it up. So all eyes on Imperators in that race. And the other one that has been locked in is Sunshine in Paris. It was a bloody good win on the weekend, and I've, I overlooked it completely. Paying fantastic odds. Yeah, too. I know, I know. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget that one. But yeah, she's been locked up by Aquas, I believe. I think they've booked her in for her slot. And the race she came out of the Scirocco was one of those races. The last couple of years, it's last year's winner Shades of Rose was in the race last year, and she ended up coming like fourth or fifth. She actually ran pretty well on it. And before that, a couple of years before that, uh, Chris Waller had Hawkeye on her also win the race and then got stored in the Everest. So the Shiraco has been producing some Everest runners. And, yeah, as soon as Sunshine and Paris won that race, they got off it straight away. And Julie, so I think I've seen the stats after the – like on the Sunday with all the, with all the 
breakdown of her sectionals and everything, and it was a peak run of her career. She's already a Group One winner, and they that that win on Saturday was her best rated win of all time. Do you, do you say you say that as an outlier for that win? Yeah, isn't that she won? No, I, I don't say it as an outlier, but like I just overlooked the form. Like when I looked at the race, I was just like, I just didn't think she was going to go first up. I thought first up, I made it happy to go around. It's not a it's not a target race. It's like she's definitely got bigger things in mind. This is just a a wind blow, like open the pipes, get her, get her around the track and get her going. But yeah, she just blew them away. So she she blew her pipes out all right and she's going to be, she's in with the Everest. So who knows what her spring is going to be uh, for tailing. But other than that, I got a, I, I sent out some questions on the socials the other week and um, saying like if anybody wants to put in a horse or that one followed or any questions like that. And one of our followers, Jay Armstrong, has sent in that King Colorado will win a group one this spring. And at first, I was like, "Oh, yeah, you could." Like he's—he obviously was—he he won the JJ Atkins early in the year in the winning carnival, and after that, I didn't know if the race was gonna. Like I was like, "Ah, oh, two-year-old race wasn't the best Atkins of all time," so I didn't really think too much from it. But he went up to the wing stakes, was the first Group One in Ramwick or Rose Hill, I can't remember, and he was eighteen dollars into eight dollars. Like people were absolutely truckloading into him. Like, Mara Nusas were pretty keen on him too. And he didn't like he. It was a pretty tough race to win. Obviously, he's only a three-year-old, and he was up against Fangirl and Zaki and Co. So, but people were backing him, and they reckon he's come back a really good horses prep. So he's going for his second Group One. But I'll be interested to see what they even stick him towards because he's only a three-year-old. So he's got plenty of three-year-old options. He's got the yep. cool, he's got Coolmore, he's got Guineas, he's got Derbies. He can kind of go wherever he wants. So it'd be interesting to see what way he does go. But I didn't really have too much raps about him. Uh, to the Atkins, but pretty much everybody else is against me. They all reckon he's a bloody good horse. So Jaden's agreeing and a couple of the other professional punters out there are agreeing. So all honest with them, we'll see if he can win another group one this spring, but uh, I'm not too sure. I'm, I'm kind of against it. I don't know if it's going to stack up. If you st- if it stacks up well enough, fair enough, I'll be happy to wear that. But, yeah, a bit of bit of wary caution for the punters out there. We love the social mail as well. We it do. absolutely pumps up the episode. Get Open it out. up. Get your tips in there. Send us through. Let us know that we're ship blokes. And, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll repeat <laughs> that to my dad at night. Love it. Uh, yeah, so that's about it for the news for this week. We'll head to a quick break now, and then we'll come back with our recaps of Rose Hill and the Valley. We'll have a quick look down at Mooney Valley from the weekend that was. And starting in the first race, uh, Jack's Beanstalk was lucky to survive. Lucky uh, to, to survive. Oh, mate. I was very, very, very na- nauseous. Nauseous? Yeah, that's a word. It's very, <laughs> I was very worried about that for a while. But, yeah, luckily we took the fixed odds on the Wednesday when there was eight horses in the race. And duly so because if we would have taken that bet a day later, we would have lost it all. The whole kitty would have gone down the drain. So, Thank you, th- thank you, fixed odds, uh, and thank you, Billy Egan, for just getting that thing over the line. Just, but the winner, Fist of Fury, was pretty good. Like from kind of off the speed, and that like the the Valley Track was definitely playing more fairer than it has a lot a lot recently. And that's because the rails back in the true. So when the rails in the true, it's definitely a better better spot to have a punt at, uh, and it did exactly that. And then the, the one I think comes second, Apulia, uh, it was called for Mark Zara and stuff, and a fair bit of weight and. From where it was in the run, it, made, it did make up a fair stack of ground late, but just couldn't catch Fist of Fury, who was off and gone by the corner. Uh, Autumn Angel, we were on, it held on the third, luckily. Pretty plain. Like it got backed into like a dollar ninety or something on the job. And I was like, oh, this thing's already like one. This is just free money for the start of the day. And geez, that hurt the bank account. But I still got a bonus bet from it. I still got a fair bit uh, rolling in from that. But yeah, we're lucky to hang on for the Jack's Beanstalk for that one. So Jack's Beanstalk continues to grow for another week. Race two, I didn't have a mark down the much. I think place a goal, one at a $5.50. It was a really, really weird race. 
I don't think I've, I haven't bet on the race, to be honest. And if I did, I definitely didn't win. Uh, in race three, the CEO's best bet, Magnus Bean, just had no luck on the day. It was kind of a weirdly run race. Like it was a staying race of the day. They're all a lot of the horses were twenty five hundred back to like two thousand meters. I missed it. Yeah. I missed oh, well, the probably, race and then I messaged you. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, it finished seven. Yeah. That's probably yeah. That's probably a good thing that you missed it. Uh, yeah. Just like the the tactics it was like when it had that good win at the Valley the last couple of weeks ago. It was when the rail was out and just kicked and just nothing else had a chance. But the way it was running, they kind of went a bit early. Like a lot of the horses, like Magnus Spin and the other two or three other favorites were like at 600 meters, Mike. They were pretty much gone then. Yeah. Like they just had – they did so much work early and the back markers pretty much just come around and just took the race away from them. And I think the winner ended up paying $20-odd. And I think second – like the trifecta and Quaddy would have uh, – first of all, would have paid God knows how much. But a bit of a mad race. Not really too much form to follow out of that one. In race four, recommendation won at about a dollar forty or something, and it was pretty. It was deserved. I definitely didn't back it. I think I had a same race multi, and even that loss. I had recommendation one out, and I had exacta for it. Yeah, for that race. It was that and another horse. Can't remember. Yeah, about six bucks. Yeah, and I, they did it easily yeah. too. Yeah, I think I, there was the one Jamie Carr was on. It was yeah. the yeah WA horse. I remember that. But yeah, I, I didn't have that in my same race multi, so I lost that. But yeah, I wasn't. I, I, a dollar forty no was majorly on it. Yeah, I think. Well, people were like, they was getting backed in. School was still not our top of yeah. <laughs> not us, not us, definitely. But yeah, like people were definitely still backing it. But I was happy to let that go at around a pretty small price, and it did exactly that. Like it's win run before it, uh, Mooney Valley probably should have won that race as well. But just the rail was out and had too much work to do and couldn't catch him in time. So it was due for a win there and justified it at the short odds. And a race five, we had Stepardi, and that was one of our bets for the day, and he is the real deal. Four from four, undefeated. Good section was in the race, and like some pretty good horses in the race as well. I was very wary of Centrify on the day because it, it had run a pretty good – had won a pretty good race a couple of weeks ago at the Valley. It ruled off some good sectionals that time, and I was a bit wary of it. But, yes, yeah, Stepa- like Stepardi had a new jockey for the first time because – Dean Yendall's always been riding it, but uh, he's broke his collarbone at the moment. So Johnny Allen took over and I was a bit of, oh, I don't know, but he just proved too good. Johnny Allen didn't even, like he had him in a good spot. Didn't, most of his other runs, he's kind of led and just controlled the race and gone. But in this one, they kind of took the sit on the corner and they they even said like the trainer was like, he wants to teach him to do that because it's a much better racing style. And it just worked on the day. He was in the perfect spot. Didn't have the best sectionals in the race, but still very good sectionals. But yeah, just the spot he was in and the sectionals he reeled off late was just still too good. And Stepardi is definitely going to go to the Caulfield Guineas. And there's, I reckon this Caulfield Guineas is going to be one of the Caulfield Guineas of the ages. They've got some very good horses in there. They've got Rex Stepardi, V8, who come out and knocked off Legacies the other week. Uh, the one from Sydney that just went around, uh, Militarized, is going to come down. And like, there's some serious Sydney form going to be in that race. So. All honours for the Caulfield Guineas this year. I reckon it's going to be a good one. But some of the sectionals to note from that race, uh, Centrify did have the best sectionals of the race. So Centrify had a 33.99 last 600 and an 11.13 last 200, whereas Departy had a 34.1 last 600 and 11.32 last 200. So Centrify definitely had the better sectionals and everything, but just the where Stepardi was and the way the race was run, he just had everything going in his favour. Centrify couldn't make up the ground in time, but he, he did make up some ground. So Centrify still wanted to follow. Like those sectionals are still pretty good sectionals for that age grade and definitely wanted to still follow going forward. Race six, uh, Charmstone is just, he's just proven that good again. I was, the last two times I've been against it, I just, Same. 
I just wasn't too sure. Like, I, like it's good. It's obviously a good horse. Like, they had it power played too. I didn't get it. Sorry, I shouldn't say who they are. But uh, yeah, I was. I was on every horse, but yeah, I, I think I was on um, inhibitions. So I, that that what that was our tip in the race. We tipped inhibitions each way, and we got the each way odds. Uh, just yeah, inhibitions. Like it just. No, I can't really say inhibitions. Like it, it did inhibitions and everything it could, but Charm Sun was just too good on the day. Like perfect spot, perfect, perfect position. Damian Lane rode it to perfection, and they paid a, they paid a lot of money for this horse, and they're getting they're finally getting rewarded for it because it had been a bit costly early in its prep. But these last two wins have just been enormous. So I still like I don't know. I've just got this feeling that it's just not going to turn up on Grand Final day, but it hasn't put a foot wrong, and I can't really knock the way it's been going. But the one to take out of the race was the Moody horse, Molly Nickers. She had a 34-61 last 600 and 11-59 last 200, which was the race's, quick, the, race, the race's fastest sectionals. And Charmstone had 34-84 last 600 and 11-75 last 200. So Molly Nickers did have better sectionals, and she definitely made up a, a lot of ground late, but the, just couldn't make up enough ground. Charmstone had too much of a lead, and around the valley, there's not enough time to make up that kind of room. So. Not too much to take out of that, but yeah, Charmstone is definitely still flying, and Molly Nickers is definitely one for a future race to come. Race seven, Young Verta is absolutely flying this prep. I didn't actually make it a tip on the pod, but I did mention it. I, I did say this like he's finally in some finally good. He, he's definitely in the form of his life at the moment, and it's worth the bet. I, I did have a bet on him at around ten or eleven dollars and got that, but I couldn't make him a tip on the day because when we we're doing the pod anyway, because I just wasn't that confident. Like, it was really weird. There's a lot of horse in the race. The, the race of the Valley tend to set up pretty weirdly and just wasn't really ca- – I couldn't make it a tip anyway, but I did get her on the late and it just, yeah, had the perfect run on the rail. It just proved too good for him late over 2,040 metres. But the, the reigning Melbourne Cup champ, Gold Trip, in the race, had absolutely no luck in the whole race. And the final 400 metres or 600 metres of his run were just absolutely electric. He had a 33.76 last 600 metres, which is quicker than Stepati did in that race and quicker than some of the Melbourne to- and some of the Sydney races for the day. And an 11.24 last 200 metres. Off a 2,000 metre race, he's run a quicker final 200 metres than Charmstone and Stepati and co did like in 1,200 metre races. And that's like, he is a serious, serious horse. Like to do those sessions first up over 1,200, like over 2,000 metres, it just shows he, he's back. He's he's definitely a good fresh horse, and I'd, I, I'd imagine he'll go back again to the same path. He'll probably go Turnbull, then Caulfield Cup, and then Melbourne Cup more than likely and defend his crown. But we'll wait and see what the Mara Nuces camp do. Uh, race eight, Imperatrez knocked off Gear Kick, and we did tip that on the show. We said I, I was, I just said Gear Kick was way too short. Dollar eighty five, dollar ninety. First up around the valley, a thousand meters, just didn't do it for me. Wasn't that keen on it. Never been around the Valley before. And Peritrez is already a Group 1 winner at the Valley. Uh, not over a 1,000 metres. It was a 1,200-metre race, which I, I think I actually got that wrong. I said he was undefeated over the track and trip, but he actually wasn't. But, yeah, and Peritrez was just too dominant. Broke, broke the track record for the 1,000 metres there in 56.68 is now the track record broke, set by Imperatrez. Giga Kick was still good in defeat, and Willow was coming out after the race and just said, oh, I'll put the, like, I just butchered it. I was a bad ride by me. Don't sat the horse. It's absolutely my fault. But people have been like debating if he should retain the ride on him in in the um, in the Everest coming up. People are like some people are like no, he has to stick with it. He's done. He's won. He's won an Everest. Like he's definitely 
he's, he's admitted it's it's his fault, like he's done too much good on it. But other people are just like, nah, he's butchered it. Get him off. You can't be, you can't have a person writing mistakes like that for twenty million dollars. Like, you got to get rid of him. So, but I'm definitely in the camp that he should stick with him. I think he should retain the right. I think he's put his hand up and said, nah, it's my fault. And I, I agree. Like he just. He, he pushed the button too early. He still ran pretty good time. Like the, the sectionals were still 11.33 last 232 seconds for his last 600, which is still dynamite light. Yep. But just, yeah, and just which is no match for Imperatriz. Imperatriz was just too good on the day. Definitely more suited at the Valley than Giga Kick. And race nine was the fee, and, and we tipped that to perfection. I had two horses in the race, both at each way odds, and they've come first and second at about $8 each. I was pretty happy with that Huge result. Huge from you, mate. Uh, yeah, pinstripe and attrition, like, like, They've all just coming out of this Mr. Brightside, out of the PB Lawrence behind Mr. Brightside. And that rate, like Mr. Brightside has just been coming out winning. And these guys have come out and won the fee. And so this Mr. Brightside form right now is just, is, is the go to form. Told you. Yeah. I, yeah. I'll, I'm pretty happy with that. I'm pretty happy people have been plugging that. But yeah, geez, the times they've been running and everything. And the, the winners that have been coming out of this thing amenable and stuff, like it's just this form right now is the form for the spring. You have to follow this form. Um, attrition was probably attrition probably was a bit stiff in defeat. Like the ground he made up late was just enormous uh, compared to Pinstripe. He just had the race controlled and ha- had everything go right for him. But definitely, I would be following attrition out of the race. He did have the better sectionals compared to Pinstripe, but Pinstripe just had the better spot in the better race. Run. Yeah. yeah, he it was, was great just, race. Yeah, it was. It really was a good fiend. So Pinstripe's on his run of the Cox Plate. And at this stage, I and you were on the last leg of the quaddy, and you're thinking money, money, money. It was paying bulk. I had a lot of percentage. Yeah. It was looking really good. And uh, obviously we get to the next race now we're going to talk about. But it was a great day of racing up until that point. I was going to say, yeah, I think I, I definitely – I tend to not go well at the Valley, but I actually cleaned up at the Valley compared to Rose Hill. I, I couldn't believe it. I was definitely more keen on my Rose Hill tips than me Valley tips. But, yeah, I actually had, had, I think, had a – I think you're right with the rail yeah. as well, though. Like the straight didn't – feel as much of a hard turn on the end and no. as if compared to when you had the rail, no time to make it up. Yeah, especially when you're like, even if it's only, even if the rail is only at like four or three metres of the valley, it makes up so much. Like that that ground is just too much to lose uh, in some of those races. But yeah, we'll get to the last race now and ain't no deal done. You can get, yeah, fucking, yeah. yeah. Oh, but like, this is what, time I don't put a horse like that. I know, I was going to say, I reckon I've been backing it. Like I reckon when it's first been, I definitely used to back it, but. I've I just overlooked it, like, but I went back through its form after the race in hindsight, and it come out of the amenable race, the race that amenable won, and it's just been proved amenable. Nearly like you had the best sectionals in the in the Group One Memsies. Uh, Devoted, it's come out and won since. So like this amenable bright side form just right now is just too hard to go by. Like he like ain't no deal down to come twelfth in the race and just come out and won a benchmark ninety four. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it's just it's ridiculous at the moment. But yeah, ain't no deal done. Never like might have had one win first up or second up before, but yeah, just I could not put it down. I just looked, I looked at it and went, nah. I was like, Same. it's in shit form. Can't I think I only had two or three horses in the race for the quaddy anyway. When yeah, we were staring down a pretty good collect until I thought we like when Hennessy Lad was kind of going with the corner, like, oh, he's got, he, like he's going well here, but then ain't no deal done. Just went, wish could wipe by him. So. That's another quaddy down the drain. Uh, probably got a couple of friends down there as well and probably some arch enemies down there, but we'll move on from that. Uh, but, yeah, all, all was well. It was, it was a pretty good day of racing in, in total from the two races, uh, yeah, the two tracks. Good. And, yeah, so I think that'll be it for our recaps. We're going to go to another quick break now and then we'll Get try gro- for the for the stop. We'll try to grow this thing once again and then we'll give you our unwarranted tips for Randwick and Flemington.
Jack's beanstalk is the real deal, ladies and gentlemen. We've had a couple of deductions here and there, but we're still going. We're still going. We're two from two, going trying to be three from three this weekend. And I reckon I have a good beanstalk bet once again to keep this train rolling. It's one we've had before. I think it was our first one actually, and she didn't let me down on that day. And I think this race sets up perfectly for her again. Fifty-three kilos in a bloody hard race has gets to carry the minimum. Uh, loves the straight, undefeated over twelve hundred meters. Daniel Stackhouse has said in the news this week that he's literally just going to eat the lettuce this week to be able to make the weight to make the weight to ride this horse. That's how keen he is on it. It is race nine, number eight, Benedetta. Once again, we've got seventy five dollars and eighty cents in the account. Started at fifty, only up twenty five dollars, but we have taken some deductions from putting the bets on early, but that's to be expected. So we're just chucking this in now. Benedetta, the place, $75.80. Very confident. Well, not 70, not 95. Wait, what the hell is going on? $95,000 he's putting on $75.80. We're live on air. Claim, confirm, processing, done. We are on. That's live podcasting right there. $95,000. return for the day. So hopefully Jack's Beanstalk continues to grow and we get a pretty good healthy bank account by the end of the spring. So for everyone out there as well, while Lottie's getting this up, the races usually come out on a Wednesday, is that correct? So, um, just to give people a bit of context as to why we do it on a Wednesday, not at the start of the week. Um, and obviously this episode comes out on a Friday morning, 9am. Everyone's going to know about it by the time the beanstalk gets up again this week. But yeah, tune into the other podcasts as well and let's get into this week's races up at Sydney. Race one at Randwick on the weekend is the Midway Benchmark 72 over a mile. Uh, these mid race, midway races, meh, just uh, electric is in there. He's a four dollar sixty favorite, uh, coming off a deserved win in one of these races last start. But oh, I don't know, I just can never really get around these things. There has to be a pretty good horse in one of these races to get me interested. You, uh, usually, you usually don't start till about three or four, don't you? Typically, and I think I'm not starting until four here on Saturday on the, the one to come. So, yeah, the, the first couple of races aren't really ever that in, I've got really that good of horses unless it's like. In Everest Dale, like something like that, when literally every race is back to back. Yeah. Uh, they normally, but it, I do every now and then if there's a good horse going around or if there's a horse that I'm confident on, but just more than more likely than not, I'm just not interested. And that's kind of the same for race two, which is the Tab Highway Handicap, class three over a thousand meters. Don't really know what to make of it. Derry Grove is in there, who was a good win last start, and they said it was a pretty good horse and should be going on to bigger and better things in the Kosciuszko, maybe. But get like Barrier 10. 61 kilos seems pretty hard to me. Like in a like in a race that's got 20 horses in it right now, a lot of them are going to be emergencies in a look, and a lot are going to drop out. So, pretty happy to steer clear from that at the moment and move on that one to the side. And race three is the Peachester Lodge uh, Shootout Mile Benchmark 88 over a mile. I don't mind straight eights. Like it's like its last win was in the midway in the Benchmark 78, but it's up now to an 88. But it was, it was a really good win first up, but it's 340. Like, I was kind of hoping for a bit more. And there's a couple of good horses in this race as well that have been propping along for a while. But straight out. Interesting to see how the market goes. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to drift or if it's going to come, or if it's going to come in. So I I would be leaning straight aces way, but I just don't know if 340. Like, you're probably going to get a better price on the day more than likely. I can't yeah. imagine that's staying favorite for too much longer. So I am going to let that one go by to the keeper again, move on. And move on through. Race four on Saturday is the Nick Murata's Trophy Benchmark seventy eight. Omen bet over fourteen hundred meters. 
there is an omen bet in this race. And it's the race, the name of the race. No, yeah, oh, he's a good bloke, but. Yeah, <laughs> correct. Uh, but no, I've got another one in here coming down from, it's actually the other way around. I normally back Sydney horses that come down to Melbourne, but I'm actually backing the Melbourne horses going up to Sydney. And that's race six, uh, sorry, race four, number six, Gringotts. I was backed him massively first up at the valley, but just didn't get suited on the day. Like the, the the track pattern of the house was running was just so on pace bias and he had so much work to do. And people were absolutely diving into this horse like they said this horse is absolutely flying. They just couldn't expect that the track was going to be playing like that on the day. Still Rudolph some massive sectionals and only got beaten by uh Najim Suhail, who's going around to Flemington on the weekend and one of the one of their main races and it's pretty short odds. So I reckon that form was pretty good here. Uh, Altivo is a good horse who I was deciding between the two who I was going to back, but Altivo's got 61 kilos, a lot of weight to carry in this kind of race, and I think just Gringotts has got 58.5 kilos. Chad Schofield, 1,400 metres up from 1,200, just looks perfect, and $4 seems a pretty backable price to me. So I'm more than happy to back Gringotts in the fourth race at uh, Randwick. Race five is the James James Squire Kingston Town Stakes over 2,000 metres. It just remind me of Harry Potter. So yeah, I know. He goes, Gringotts, that's where your money is, and yeah. that's where it's going to be this I time. know. That's why I always fucking get it. <laughs> Good horse. Uh, uh, so, yeah, race five, 2,000 metre, and I'm backing number two, Major Beal, uh, each way, $7 a win, two fifty a place. Should have won second up in that, uh, in that race against Navajo Peak. Just, just Navajo Peak was too brave on the day, really. Couldn't put it down to much else. I was on mental failure in that race, but just did absolute donuts. So I was on mental failure last start. So, sorry. Um, but yeah, Major Bill now, third up, up for 2,000 metres, definitely a 2,000 metre horse or further. Just just fine is in there at $3.50, but geez, that's short. Like from the win, it's, it's only beaten, it's, it's only just come over here recently from uh, from uh, England. And I want to benchmark 94 here, but like, I can't believe it's been like it's. I could end up with Egami face after that, but I just off one good win, I couldn't be backing it in that easy. Like Major Bill has been proven over here, won the ATC Derby like last prep in Sydney. Just two thousand meters third, third up looks perfect, and you're getting seven dollars a win, two fifty a play. So I'm more than happy to take number two Major Bill at each way odds in race five. Race six is the Daly T Rose stakes over fourteen hundred meters, and Tis Invincible is going around once again, and it gets the nod of approval this time. Yes, fifty six, fifty six kgs. Zach Lloyd in the saddle, gate two, been back from three ninety to three seventy. Just, just keeps winning. Like, what more can you ask from a horse? Up and yep. up and distance now to fourteen hundred meters. Winning form is good form. Exactly right. Uh, Tropical Squall was also undefeated. We could be a bit wary, but he's drawn twelve, so he's going to have to do some work earlier to get across. But from from gate two, absolutely airborne was prep. Zach Lloyd, arguably the second, arguably one of the best jockeys in Australia at the moment. And again, three seventy a win. So I'm definitely more than happy to stick with Tis Invincible now. He's proven he's that good enough. He's proven he's good enough against this field, and I reckon he'll be too good on Saturday once again. And three dollars seventy is not a bad price. I think that's very backable. Race seven is the uh, seven stakes fitting very fitting. So this this is the new inaugural race that they're starting up there now. It's worth a million dollars. And the so great is this podcast, by the way, yeah, true. There, yeah. Uh, Fangirl is back once again. And Fangirl's, I, I this is best bet of the day. This has to be best bet of the day. Fangirl, good three track at the moment, but finally gets to a mile. No animo. You've seen what I did first up over fourteen hundred meters, and on on a soft track, be it like definitely suited better on like on dry ground. 
gets to a mile, three dollars sixty. Like it's, I can't believe it's, it's actually drifted from three fifty to three sixty. Like it should just absolutely tell these. Zaki is the favorite for some god knows reason. I'm off Zaki. I'm over it. I think the bubble's burst. It's still a good horse, but I'm definitely never backing it. I've, I'll definitely have to put it in the quarter because you know what's going to happen if I, <laughs> if I don't. Exactly. But, but yeah, oh, Fangirl, best bit of the day, three dollars sixty. Just you can't really say much else. It's definitely going to. It's it's a better mile than a fourteen hundred meters, and it ticked a fourteen hundred meter box first up on a soft track. When suited on a soft, just this is just perfect for it. This it's not a target race, obviously, but geez, she just. It, she really should just be putting them away. I don't know by a margin or so, but she definitely should be winning this. And Fangirl is easily my best bet of the day in race seven at Randwick. Race eight is the Toyota Forklifts Shorts. And a pretty good race once again. Like a lot of these horses are, gonna, are going for Everest slots once again. Like they want to put their hand up and get the get these good wins on the board so those remaining slot holders can pick them up and get them in there. Uh, very, very tough race. Private Eyes in there who nearly won the Everest last year. Overpass has been in the Everest couple of years. In Secrets back, Bonus Notches is back, and Remarks back, all from recent wins at Rosewood and Rambic, respectively, in the last couple of weeks. But I'm sticking with Zach Lloyd again in Secret. What's he done wrong? Only just got beaten first up by Remark over a thousand meters. Second up's better. Eleven hundred meters is better. Had the best sectionals in the race. Had the best six hundred meters of nearly the entire meeting, I think. And that was only off a thousand meters first up. So second up over eleven hundred meters, three dollars ten. Zach Lloyd, James Cummings. I just like bonus notches. I am wary of, but he's twelve hundred meters back to eleven hundred. So bit wary of that. Overpass is also a good horse, fresh with the rail out, and could be a very leader bias and might be too hard to run down. But I just think that the sectional is in secret's going to roll off. Despite she's drawn gate four, going to get a beautiful run. Zach Lloyd will get her in the perfect spot. Heck, yeah. Zach Lloyd will get her in the right spot. And I reckon that's for the start of the quarter, you can really just go finger one out. Like I honestly really my finger one out and then into in circuit one out. I think a lot of the favorites, I've tipped a lot of the favorites for Ringwick and Flemington. And I, I think well, it's either going to be a favorite day and I'm going to be very happy, or it's going to be a, a not it's just going to be an absolute strip out for the punters. So but a lot of my tips are on favorites for the day, and I think that's definitely the case of those first two races of the quarter yet, Ranwick. Race nine is the Bill Ritchie handicap over fourteen hundred meters, and this actually isn't a favorite. Olentia is the favorite at three dollars, and probably probably deserve favorite. I'll give it that, but I think three dollars is a bit short from Barrier Twelve. Like gonna have to do a bit of work. But the one I do want to back at each way odds is for the for the Hayes boys once again, and Barbie's Fox is back yeah. at eleven dollars a win, three thirty a place. 1,400 metres. It had a good win last start of a 1,500 metres, but has Going been... each way? Yeah, have to. Yep. $11 a win, three thirty a place in a 17-horse race. More than likely going to be a couple of scratchings anyway, but those Hayes boys are flying this prep. Had a good... It's been... Its last couple of runs have been reeling off massive sectionals. Stepped up to 1,500 last start and just got the nose down with Zach Lloyd in the saddle, but steps back now to 1,400 metres. It's had a bit of a freshen since. It's only got to carry 53 kilos, which is it is the minimum for the for the race. So I think $11 a win and 330 a place is pretty outrageous for the for the quality of horse that he is and the sectionals he can run off in this kind of race. He's definitely a, a good each-way bet in that race. Not too sure about the quarter yet. More than likely, it's going to be affected by scratching. So I'll Post me quarters on the day, as per usual. But yeah, definitely right now, eleven dollars for Barbie's Fox thing is pretty pretty entertaining. Final race of the day at Randwick is the Agency Real Estate Benchmark eighty eight over twelve hundred meters, 
And a bit of an odd race once again. Garza Blanca is in there, but he's number 20, and I'd assume, he's a, I'd assume that's an um, emergency. I doubt, he's, I doubt there's going to be 20 horses in the race. So other than that, I really couldn't tip you in. I, I, I would be definitely candid back Garza Blanca if he managed to, manages to get a start. Kibu is, is is another one of those horses been up just been floating around, but got, only found one better in Iona Merck last start. Uh, who just Iona Merck did win a couple of good races, but after that it was odds on the next its next three starts and just kept getting rolled. So I don't really know what to make of that form. And three dollars twenty looks about rock bottom odds for me. But yeah, I definitely would be willing to get to back Gaza Blanca if it did get a start in the race. If it did actually make it in there, but we'll have to wait for final scratchings and everything to make that an actual bet. So I'll steer clear of the last race at Rambic for the day. And that pretty much wraps up our Rambic uh, preview for the weekend. We'll head to another quick break now, and then we'll come back with our tips for Maccabi Davis Stakes Day at Flemington. Bit of breaking news here in the land of the Lottery SE podcast. Uh, we've we've taken some feedback from a couple of people and we're actually going to do a little something a bit different here for the listeners out there who aren't inclined to listen to a full hour podcast at a time and just want to get some specific parts out of it. So we're going to release two episodes a week from now on. We're going to be splitting. We're taking the original show and just splitting in the two. We're, we're going to be doing two separate recordings. We're going to do one recording just of the week that was and our recaps of everything in the, the news for the week. And that'll be released on a Thursday, more than likely, or a Wednesday or a Thursday. And then on the Friday, we're going to release our tips of the weekend. So if you want to listen to it into our, if you want to listen to our recaps and thoughts and opinions on the races that was from the weekend before, tune into the episode, the first episode that will come out in the week. And then we're still going to have our tips, tips episode release every Friday as well. It's going to be twice as good. We're going to be looking to do it with all the shows. Uh, Lottie's on board with doing it. It's going to be a little bit of extra work for us, but we're going to get it done because we know some people like to just listen to the tips that are coming up this week. So you'll know that that's a later episode. We'll try and name them accordingly. It might be Lottery Recap and then uh, Lottie Previews the tracks for whatever it might be. Uh, We'll think of a good name. We always do think of good names, Jack and the Beanstalk, the Lottery for starters. Um, And then, of course, the CEO is probably the best nickname of the lot and it's factual. But yes, so make sure you tune in. Um, I will be posting on the socials about it because Lottie's absolutely dominating at the moment. We need to split it up into two shows so people can break it down and listen to it. And like I said, if you just want to listen to the review and see how your horses went and why it didn't win or if it did win, or if you want to get into next week's tips straight away, you'll have them available still at 9am on a Friday. Everyone will be getting their coffees or maybe still having a couple of frothies from Thursday night and just really looking forward to it. So um, congrats, mate. And We'll get back into this show. Beautiful. So we'll kick things off at Flemington this weekend for the Maccabi Diva Stakes Day. Race one is the Robert Cram Sprint over 1,100 metres. It's benchmark 78 down the straight and a bit of an interesting race, really. I, I don't have a bet in the race as such, but there's some really good horses in there. Bue's got rolled at Wingside's last start at uh, Sandown, so he'll be able to make some vengeance with Blake Shin in the saddle. Skidmore Sk- Rink is... Not unbeaten, but going for four wins in a row now from coming down from the Brisbane Winter Carnival. So down here to try and get out spring riches. Red Old Nick's a fan favourite, and course con- course for concerns, a pretty good horse. Had a good had a good win here over fourteen hundred metres behind uh, in front of Legio Ten. So the form's been stacked up pretty good through it. Five dollars the field, but it's it's good betting race. But geez, I couldn't tip anything with confidence in the race at the moment. 
17 horses in the race at the moment as we speak and I don't know how many scratchings are going to plague the race by the end of it. But so I'm definitely pretty happy to leave race one aside and move on to race two, which is the Melbourne Cup Carnival on sale now, 2,500-metre race. And it's another really good – like I think most of the Flemington uh, races of the day are actually stacked full of talent and some pretty competitive racing. But there is another fan favourite of mine in here. Who I definitely want to back, definitely want to back again. And that's number five, Alhambra Lad for Billy Egan and Billy Egan and Paddy Payne. He was, he was my best bet of the day here a couple of weeks ago, and he got like just the pattern for the day. Like Flemington's not known to be an on-paced kind of track for the day. Like the top but, eight horses are huge. Yeah, I know. It's like, and this is this isn't even the feature race of the day. This is just a this is race two. So you can only imagine. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, big day ahead. But yeah, Alhambra Lad, geez, he's been absolutely flying. And you're still getting a pretty ridiculous price. I'm looking at nine dollars right now. Early Cordy might be paying the yeah. big ones. Should should be um yeah. There's definitely going to be some high multiples for the day. But yeah, Alhambra Lad at nine dollars a win and two fifty a place is definitely a great each way bet in that race. It's only going to carry fifty four kilos compared to the minimum of fifty three. Gets him pretty well at the weight at the weights. Very weary of Shayar, number eight for Jamie Carr, but. You're taking two dollars eighty compared to nine dollars fifty. You're getting bet, nearly better odds for Alhambra Lad to place than Shayar to win. So definitely, definitely a good bet is Alhambra Lad each way in that race. Not too sure about the rest of the field. The thing, yeah, point to pain and interpretation. Serpentine are all Serpentine's a Group One winner from Ireland or England or something. Just in its last couple of starts. Not last couple of starts, but like its last couple of preps over there before it got sent over here. But yeah, it's a good race. But yeah, definitely $9 for Alhambra Lad is definitely worth a play in my opinion. Race three is the Sofitel over 1,400 meters. And we have a number number two Antino. It's a $2.50 favorite and just has done nothing wrong its whole prep. Been absolutely dominant up in the Brisbane Winter Carnival. And it's come down here. It's targeting the uh, Turak Handicap, which it should get in a pretty, pretty lightweight. Got to carry a bit of weight here, but Jimmy Orman's coming down for the ride. Tony Golan, they've just said like they're aiming this horse for the um, for the Turak, and I think it should fourteen hundred meters here first up. Should be it's, it's it's undefeated first up, so you can't really complain about that. It's fourteen hundred meter stats is okay, but I just think it's a different class of horse. Fifty nine and a half kilos is pretty deserving of it for the wins it's had recently. Some of the good horses in the race, Ungawa had a pretty good run last time. You get eleven dollars for that. Climbing stars come close a couple of times and you're getting $10 a win from that. So there's some definitely some good each-way value in the race. But I have to tip Antino. He's just proven too good. And he's I think he might, even might be the favorite for the Turek handicap at the moment, the wins he's been producing. So I definitely have to tip him here. And I think $2.50, it's not a, it's not a great price, but it's definitely a backable price. Race four is the winning winning edge investments beside and stakes for 1,100 meters. And this is a good race. Great race. Colts and Geldings down the straight. Or only boys it's limited to, and geez, there's some good horses in here. Number eleven for me, mates. I'm yep. getting in. I'm getting in early. Kandinsky, Kandinsky once again. Abstract. Black book for a reason. Eight dollars fifty at this point in time of recording. Michael D and Wallop, good combo. It's going to be a tough race, though. Great Very section. Great section was last. I'd had some of the best sections of the entire meeting up at Ramwick or Rose Hill. Rose Hill, sorry. Yeah, Eight fifty wins a pretty good price. Archo Nacho's nearly been. Has knocked off a couple. The coat of fire had a dominant win at Mooney Valley a couple of starts ago. I am unstoppable. Nearly knocked off Cylinder a couple of weeks ago at uh, Caulfield, but I am sticking with the favourite King's Gambit. Blake Blake Shin and the Snowdens can do no wrong. Three dollars fifty. Like I think most of my tips for Flemington are favourites. 
And I've heard some people spruik around that apparently they might be trying to gobble King's Gambit up for an Everest slot. So I think like he's been trying absolutely unbelievable and every, everybody's like saying this horse is back with a big way and if they're already trying to get him for an Everest slot, if he wins this, I reckon he'll be booked in for the Everest straight away. Blake Shin's a massive booking. They've obviously booked him for a reason. They're confident with him. And Blake Shin definitely could have had any pick in the race and he's stuck with King's Gambit. So definitely a great bet. Uh, probably not a great bet. 350 is probably... Yeah, it's, it's not a great bet, but it's definitely a good price. I definitely would be back in a three fifty, but he definitely should be winning off his recent off his form, and uh, yeah, he just definitely should be winning that. So I'm definitely more than happy to take number three, King's Gambit in the Poseidon race five is the expert plate over fourteen hundred meters, and Legacies is back once again after being I was pretty keen on it last start. Uh, Caulfield we're going to got knocked off by an absolute jet in V eight. I just think it's just. I only found one better in the day. Like everything else in the race, meh. Just really like it should just be. It should be random. The form it's in, the horse has been racing around it. It's only got been knocked off by V as I just mentioned seconds ago. But it was nearly CEO's best of the day. It was. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't. It, it'd have to be like it's definitely up there. If it's not. It's got to be next bet. Next best bit of the day, Flemington. It has to just the, the class around and the form around is just too good to deny. Jamie Carr, Peter Moody. Barry seven in a fourteen hundred meter race is literally perfect. Two dollars ten, I'd, I'd take it. I'm more than happy to back. Legacies in the extra plate. Race six is the Captain Teeb stakes over eleven hundred meters and demonstrate it's a pretty tough race in my opinion. Skirt the Law is a favourite who I was definitely definitely keen to back after last start. Uh, I ran well against Charmstone has come out once again on. Mooney Valley on the weekend and won another good race. So the, the form stacks up well. Draw 23 of 24. A lot of horses in this race. So there's just too much for me to digest. I just don't know how to play it. I think I think Scott the Law should win. Like the Charmstone form is probably is too good. But in a 24-horse race or whatever it is at the moment, you don't know who's going to turn up on the day or what's going to be in any, any greater form. It's just... Too many variables. Four dollars a win is probably a good price for right now, but I reckon it's going to drift. I can't imagine it's starting any shorter than three fifty-four bucks. So I definitely couldn't tip anything in the race, but I definitely would be leaning skirt the law's way. Race seven is the Group One feature of the day, and that is the Maccabi Davis Stakes over a mile. And Mister Brightside is an odds-on favourite and deservedly so. Can't put anything past him at the moment. The only thing you can put past him is Flemington six. From six goes of the track, only one win and two thirds. Everything else has been unplaced. Um, I don't know. Really? Yeah, a dollar ninety-five for a track he hasn't been known for is a bit of caution around. Like the like, I've been saying the whole thing. He's just so like the form around him is just unbelievable, and this might be the best form he's ever been in of his life. He just could be flying as prep, but dollar ninety-five is very short for this kind of race. The one I'm backing again, is I'm going against it. I'm following Blake Shin and Chris Waller again, Princess Grace, $4.60 a win. Like that fangirl form, I think is like, I'm not too sure, but like fangirl and Mr. Bright, I think they're both dominant form lines right now, but just betting wise, I'm more than happy to take $4.60 a win compared to $1.95. For a track that Mr. Brightstone hasn't been renowned for, yeah, I don't really want to take $1.95. It probably will drift on the day. I'll probably like if, if it gets out to any like two dollars fifty plus, I'll definitely have to have a bet on him there. But for right now, I'm more than happy to take Princess Grace at four dollars sixty. I think she'll be better over a mile. Third up now for Blake Shin and Chris Waller. Just looks too good to resist. Four dollars sixty, I think that's a pretty fair price. Hey, we're allowed to disagree on the podcast. That's all right. Yeah, that's because the whole thing. Because 
Um, the chief executive officer, if you will, the CEO. Oh, is that what it stands for? It, it is. And basically it's going to be the congratulations on the effort that was outstanding for the CEO for what I'm going to produce this week because Mr. Brightside, you might as well play the killer soundtrack in the background of this right now. Get Jack Rewalt doing it. Yeah, get Jack Rewalt <laughs> doing it. I think that he wins this and comfortably and people go, yep, this was the race that we knew. Yep. If he wins this, yeah, he's, he's in that echelon. All right, that's my opinion, and uh, we'll probably be here. Right, let me just have a look at four forty-five on a Saturday afternoon and have a cry. But that's my best bet for the day. Opinions are like assholes, mate. Everybody's got one, yes, so you're, exactly. you're more than welcome to have it. But yeah, and some stink more than others. <laughs> but yeah, it should be a cracking race. I'm definitely di- I'm taking alligator blood in the quarter as well. Be- better Flemington stats and better better miles stats. Second up looks perfect. Damien Oliver takes over. Who know how to ride it to a win? So yeah, I'll be taking one, two, and Seven in the quaddy, definitely. Race eight is the Furfies Let's Elope Stakes, and this is my biggest. How are you on the normal podcast? You got your smokies and everything. Yeah, luck. This, this is my smoky for the spring for the spring carnival. Amelia's Jewel is going to go down as one of the best horses in Australia of all time. Wow! It is going to be up there with the Winxes, the Very Elegance. The Lonros, the Mind Powers, the Kingston Towns, the Sunlines. This horse is going to be the next big thing in horse racing in Australia. This horse is that good. It is unbelievable. It's already a Group One winner. Every it's nine wins, nine runs, seven wins, and two placings. The only the only two placings it's have have been over sprint races, and it's been literally less than a less than point one of a length has been the margin combined for both of them. Like. Should be undefeated. Has been has won a Group One over in Ascot against I think it was against Cascading or something. Who's come out and won a Australian Cup or something over two thousand meters. Like the form is just absolutely ridiculous. I'm black booking as we speak. It's a dollar. It's a dollar eighty right now, and that is a that's a good price. That is an outrageous price. I think this horse. It's my early tip for every, like it's it's, it's going to go to the Golden Eagle. It should win the Golden Eagle. I wasn't sure like when we were talking about early in the year. I just wasn't sure if it was going to come over or not. But the trainer said, yeah, we're going to go. We're definitely coming this way. And even if they don't go to the Golden Eagle, they're going to go to the Cox Plate. And if she gets to go on the Cox Plate, she's going to win it. Yeah. She is the next the next big thing in Australian horse racing. And I have to make her a bet. She's not best bet of the day because she's $1.80. I, couldn't, I don't want to make that my best bet of the day. But best bet of the day at Flemington, race eight, number one, Amelia's Jewel. Has drawn the car park by 15 of 15. But Damien Lane, actually, it'll be 14 of 14 now with Taj Need scratching. But yeah, Damian Lane's been booked in advance. He knows, like he he would have been told this horse is the real deal. Four hundred meters, you have plenty of plenty of room down the straight to be able to find her into a good spot. And I just think this horse is the next. I think this horse is the real deal. She is going to stamp herself as one of the best horses in Australia, and I'm definitely taking a dollar eighty first up on Saturday in the lights are low. Race nine is the Bobby Lewis Quality over twelve hundred meters, and this is the Beanstalk bet, and I just have to keep backing it. Number eight, Benedetta. What more can you ask for in a horse? Just keeps winning. Stick to 1,200 metres, undefeated undefeated over 1,200 metres, undefeated third up. Loves Flemington's only come is two, two wins in a third here. Form stacked up pretty well around it. It knocked off Parasail last start, who I was really wary about, but she fought off Parasail very well and won that race pretty comfortably. Taking on some good horses, I'll concede. Star Patrol loves the straight and so does Itia Time, who always breaks my heart in these kind of races, but... They've all got to carry a bit of weight. King of Sparta's up there with 59 kilos and he's been running in some group ones, but 
they've got to give Bennett out of six kilos. I just don't think they can. The form she's in right now, third up, rock hard to fit. Stackhouse has come in and said, I'm not eating this week just because I'm going to ride this horse at this kind of weight. Like he is that confident in it. And so am I. So it's definitely got Jack's Beanstalk bet for the week. And a 245 a win, I have to take that as well. So like I said, a, a lot of my tips this week have been favorites. And Julie, so I think it's going to be an absolute favorites day and a half. Have to take the quarters and multiples pretty short, I'd imagine, because I don't think they're going to be paying too much. So try and get yourself a better percentage. But yeah, really can't tip against uh, Benedetta in the Bobby Lewis. And race 10 at Flemington. Final race of the day is the Australian Child Australian Childhood Foundation plate over 1,700 metres. And I'm just sticking with the winning form again. Blake Shin has gone with the, like devoted. Tatum Bull's got the boot, unfortunately, but Drawn Gate 10, it's just got that amenable form through it. Like that form is just too irresistible right now. The win, the win last start was absolutely enormous. 1,400 metres now, up to 1,700 metres, third up. A lot of everything else in the race. A couple of them are first and second up, still trying to find out like where they go in the spring, but she definitely looks like she's headed in the right direction. Blake Shin's been booked for a reason. He's definitely the best jockey in Victoria at the moment, and as soon as he got booked on it, I knew he was a good bet, so I'm definitely taking uh, Devoted in the, the final race of the day of Flemington. So I think for my quality of Flemington, I knew he had to be two by two by one. Like It's going to be a very high percentage, I'll tell you that, because I'm only taking a couple of the favourites. I think it's going to be an absolute favourite day galore at Flemington and Randwick on the weekend. And I truly hope so for my bank account and for Jack's Beanstalk to hopefully grow another leg. Absolutely. Uh, thanks, CEO, once again for hosting us. We're hoping this new show takes off. Hopefully splitting the two parts will get the community more involved, get more involved in it. And hopefully they'll be able to pick apart the parts that they actually want to listen to. Who knows? You might be on a live stream or something soon. We might be able to set something up, which we've been speaking about in the works that could happen eventually. It could be anything. It could be... Could lose my real life job over it, but that's all right. Yeah, that's fine <laughs> as well. But we'll continue to build every week, including the Beanstalk, mate. Beautiful. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll catch you all next week uh, after the McCarvey Davis Stakes Day. We'll